Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Amen. Okay, so we are starting a new series today titled Securing Personal Power. Securing personal power, one of the many things that's exciting to me about this series is that um, we're doing the same message here today as we are in Philadelphia. I actually recorded a message um, for Philly Tab, and so we're starting to get in sync as things, the time gets close for us to just be broadcasting live And so please continue to pray for all the work that's going on in Philadelphia. Um, And you know, when we tend to think about power, because we read the Gospels, we tend to think about power from the perspective of miracles, of healings, of supernatural provision. And um, we believe in the power of God in a miraculous way. How many believe Jesus still heals? He still provides. He can raise the sick. Hallelujah. He can touch bodies. Amen. Hallelujah. We, I felt a powerful anointing this past Tuesday to pray for people who were sick. It was wonderful. And, um, uh, and that's all part of New Testament Christianity. However... Today we're going to be reading out of the book of Ephesians. Now when you read the book of Ephesians, it's a Pauline epistle, you need to know that Paul is describing ideal Christianity. Okay, not all of the epistles are like that. Romans, for example, is ideal theology. It's for us to understand our great salvation. 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians are sort of corrective of our worship. It's sort of like Paul was like fixing some things in, in the Corinthian church about the way they were serving God. Galatians is a correction also of what people were believing, sort of helping to adjust their faith. The epistles all serve different purposes, but the book of Ephesians is ideal Christianity. Okay? And when we look at the book of Ephesians, we find that his first mention of power really is a focus on personal power. In in other words, the miracle starts on the inside. How many want some miracles on the inside? The miracles are in the inner man because what God is concerned about most is how you're doing on the inside. Whether you're watching online or in this room, what is on the heart of God more than anything else, like any good father, is how you're doing on the inside, in the inner man, in the inner self. Our greatest struggles are the struggles that we deal with on the inside. And what this is talking about is that there is power available to the inner man. And so this is, a, this is a big deal. And here's what this means before I read the text. What it means is today, instead of hiding secret battles today, 
that nobody else knows about, but you're like just hiding that thing. Today, you can bring it to Jesus because there's power available to that secret battle. Instead of making excuses for our personal behavior because we don't know how to fix ourselves, guess what? There's power for the inner man. Instead of giving into hopelessness because something traumatic happened in your life and you can't seem to shake it, hallelujah, there is power available from the inside out. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Anybody ready to get more free like we sang today? Hallelujah. So yes, some problems are deep, some problems are difficult, but there's power available so that we could have Jesus, Jesus himself, the Holy Spirit, deal with the inner man. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read two verses to you. Sometimes I'll read six verses. I'm going to read two verses three times equals six. And the reason why I want to do that is I want you to really take in the flavor in the different translations. No translation is perfect. Um, And I want you to gather this in the different ways, um, slight nuances, but all of them are really, really good. So uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16, this was the Apostle Paul's prayer. If Paul prayed something for us, we can take it as a promise for our lives. His prayer, our promise. Amen? Amen? So verse 16 says, I ask God... From the wealth of his glory to give you, everyone, power. To give you power. This is speaking of personal power. Power through his spirit. So this is not self-power. Everybody look at me. This is not that you muster up your own strength and your own power. This is supernatural spirit power that we're talking about. We're talking about power for the inside of who we are on the inside. Okay, so to give you power through his spirit to be strong in your inner selves. And I pray that Christ will make his home in your hearts through faith. That's the good news translation. Let's look at the New Living Translation. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources... He will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Power from the Holy Spirit to the inner man. Okay, then this is, now this this translation is giving us a clue of why the first thing is so important. You'll see in a second. Okay, because when God works by the power of the Holy Spirit in the inner man, watch what happens. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Okay, now now I want to say this. So the minute you're born again, Christ makes his home in your heart. Okay, this is not talking exactly about that. It's talking about something different. Okay, let's go to the last to the last one. He says, I pray 
that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So let's pause right here. If you're watching online, if you've come into this place, maybe you've never heard anything about Christianity. Here's what separates Christianity from all other philosophies, all other religions. All other philosophies, all other religions, you have to find strength in yourself to appease or to please or to accomplish. In Christianity, you don't find the strength in yourself. In Christianity, the power comes from the outside, hallelujah, and it works on the inside. That's why I became a Christian a long time ago. I can't even remember. That's the difference. Jesus, the Son of God, the King of glory, came down to the earth so that he can live inside of my heart and yours. And there's nothing that you could do, there's nothing that you could say that could stop God's love for you. What does God want? He wants to be inside of us, with us. Amen? So watch. In your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. The title of the message today is Power to Dwell. The first type of power that we want to secure is we want to secure the power necessary for Christ to dwell in our hearts through faith. Now, I have to make this clear up front. What does power to dwell means? Power to dwell means this, means this. This is power to be at home with Christ at home in your heart. Okay? This is power to be at home with Christ at home in your heart, and then that Christ is at home when he rests in your heart. Here's what this means. What it means is, is a lot of people come to church and they go once a week and they, they see the value of it. A lot of people will even, will even kind of read the Bible from time to time, although I want to encourage you, read your Bible every day. It's spiritual food. Man shall not live by bread alone. Read your Bible every day, amen? amen. Little is much when God is in it. And so... So some people will even read their Bible from time to time, but the thought, the thought of Christ being in their heart all day, every day, it's kind of overwhelming to them. It's kind of like um, if we had a, some sort of celebrity that you, you know, maybe people in, I would have I loved to meet Winston Churchill. You know what I mean? He's one of my favorite characters in history. You know, man, to go, and I've been to his museum uh, uh, twice now. I've been to his museum in London. But to go, imagine being able to go and sit down with Winston Churchill. That would be like, oh, snap, that's amazing, right? Um, but what if he came and lived in my house? Totally different, you know? And what this text is saying is that Jesus wants you to be at home with him in the home of your heart. And Jesus wants to be at home. You know, in, um, 
In Spanish, we, somebody comes to your house, what do you say? You say, mi casa, su casa. Yeah. Have you really said that to Jesus? Have you really said, mi casa, su casa, to Jesus? Like, hey, make yourself at home. That's what today's message is really about. So could we pray for this revelation? And could we pray that this promise would be achieved, accomplished in our lives? That wherever we are, whatever we're doing, that Christ is at home in our hearts and we are experiencing power in our inner being. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that your spirit, Lord, is not just everywhere, but in our hearts. And we thank you that your spirit is the helper, the one who applies and releases his power so that we could be strong, healthy, whole, at peace, free inside of our hearts. God, I pray for freedom in every heart. I pray for a freedom that impacts our emotions. I pray for a freedom that impacts our perspective, Lord God. Give us, Lord, everything that we need for life and godliness on the, from the inside out through the power of the Holy Spirit. And God, we pray that you would be at home in our hearts. So move today by your mighty power. God, take this simple thing and make it so real like never before in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen, amen and Amen. Hallelujah. Everything is better when Christ is really at home in the home of our hearts. So this is talking about an ongoing inner victory in their inner being because of the dynamic power of God. Now, here's what the great news is, and I've said it already, but I wanna say it again. The great news is, is that we are not left to ourselves. There is powerful available to deal with whatever's happening inside of you. I feel remiss, I feel like I need to say that more. There is power available for, 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 for our hearts to be dealt with. Everybody say, deal with my heart, Jesus. Come on, that's a good prayer. Okay, that's a really, really good prayer. So what is this power? I want to give you two key words here. The power uh, in the Greek is dunamis, and it means supernatural, dynamic. This is where we get the word dynamite from. Supernatural, dynamic power set in motion by the Holy Spirit. Supernatural, dynamic power. So in the scriptures, sometimes the Bible talks about strength, and it just means your capacity to handle something, okay? He strengthens us in the inner man, but the new strength that we get is the dynamic, active power of God at work inside of us. It is active power. It's not static power. It's active power. It's like you plug in and the juice, the electricity flows into whatever that thing is and, and, and it turns on. It operates. There is a power, a dynamic power available to us 
for the inner man. And here's what happens. What happens is, is there is this whole rearranging that happens inside of us. We'll close with that. So that Christ can dwell in our hearts. What does dwell mean? I'm not even going to try to say that word. It's to settle down and take up permanent residence. To make oneself at home. To make oneself at home. We're not talking about, about when you and I, like when we went our, on our sabbatical, we did mostly nice Airbnbs. You go to a nice Airbnb and it's a nice coffee maker and a nice apartment and a, a nice this, but it's not your keys, it's not your code, it's not your bed, it's not your kitchen. It's temporary. We're not talking about temporary. Some people treat Jesus a little bit too much like an Airbnb vibe. Jesus, come in and rent for a while and then Jesus, I need to do some stuff. Could you step out? How many know we need to say take permanent residence in my heart? Somebody say Amen. Now, here's what that means. It means that his power has to deal with our will. I want to say this generally, then specifically. Here's what this means. His power can deal with our will. Some people are weak-willed. Some people are weak-willed. It's like when it comes to A or B or C, you just have no internal personal strength to say no to something that's not good for you. You know what I'm saying? If you put uh, a bread pudding in my house, I can't say no. Keep that thing away. You understand? Some people, but think about really intense things. Think about alcohol. Think about drugs. Think about, think about whatever it is. Think about some kind of uh, pornography. Some kind of, think about anger. Think about resentment. Think about unforgiveness. And someone just doesn't have the will. Some people have a strong will. And the biggest thing that has to happen is you have to stop being so strong. Nobody here, but you know, this is for the people out there, right? So, some people have a broken will. Something traumatic happened and you've lost your, your desire to do what's best for you, to do the good things, even to do anything. Your, your will is broken. Some people have a stubborn will. You know, we were talking about this. Sometimes, maybe you're a teenager here and you're in a battle with your parents. Sometimes teenagers say things to the parents. They say things like, you know what, you're just a terrible parent. I don't, I don't want you. I don't, you haven't done anything good for me and all that. And like, stop it, you don't mean that. You don't really mean that. Not with those Nikes you got on. You don't really mean that. Not with all the things that have been provided for you. You don't really mean that. You might feel that, but you don't really mean that. You understand? Sometimes we start to say things so much because we're hurt or we're angry, angry, and now it starts to get embedded inside of us and we can't let it go when we need to let it go. Somebody here, you need to let it go, but you can't let it go, but the Holy Spirit can deal. The Holy Spirit can deal with what's going on. You know why there's not peace in your heart? Because you're stubborn. Beware of stubbornness. 
Beware of stubbornness. Stubbornness is not a godly quality. You know? And sometimes we make our right the right of the world. And guess what? If it's not God's right, don't be so right. Okay? If it's not God's right, it ain't right. Amen? So ideal Christianity offers to us a power that deals with our will. So let's look at this in a very specific way, okay? His power actively works in fundamentally in two ways. The first is his, his power deals with the barriers of our will, of our hearts. His power deals with the barriers of our hearts. I've never really seen it like this, um, but, but as I really drilled down, all of the commentators alluded to this, okay? We don't think about the power of, we think about the power of God doing something for us, you know, and sometimes we think about the power of God doing something to us, but typically we don't recognize that sometimes what the power of God has to do is actually deal with our own hearts, deal with the negative that's going inside of us. And, and that's the only way that breakthrough will take place. Breakthrough comes, here's how breakthrough comes in your life. This is your mind, your emotions, your feelings, your relationships. It begins, because I have the next slide. Breakthrough takes place. There it is. Breakthrough comes when Christ removes those barriers. And here's what it means. It means his power knocks out our flesh. Okay. It doesn't mean physic, just your physical flesh. In the Bible, when the Bible says the flesh, it's talking about our sinful nature. It's talking about the Al Toledo without the Holy Spirit. That's not, you don't want to meet that guy. You see? In this flesh dwells no good thing. You see? So his power has to knock out the flesh, and then his power also has to knock out the works of the enemy. Okay? So God sometimes channels his dynamic power power to deal with what's happening in our hearts. Let me give you the example. For, exa for example, in military and warfare, um, typically the way we fight war now with the superior technology that we have is that if America's going to fight someplace, what they typically do is they will send in the air power to knock out certain barriers. So they knock out the radar system from the air, they knock out the tanks, which are the ground barriers, and then they go in and they take the ground, they take the land. Then the infantry goes in. So knock out the radar system, knock out the tanks. Here's what the Holy Spirit, and here's what the Paul is saying, and here is a great prayer and a great promise. The Holy Spirit, see, I never saw it this way, exactly like this, but the Holy Spirit sometimes needs to bomb our current radar system. So you're gonna pray in a minute, bomb me, Lord. 
Because our radar system wants the wrong things, is looking for the wrong things. You know what you call that? The flesh. Our radar system needs to be bombed by the power of the Holy Spirit because we're moving, looking, longing for the wrong things instead of the right things. And so the Holy Spirit comes and maybe, well, you don't understand. My daddy taught me this since I was little. This is the way we grew up. This, is, this was a common practice. It doesn't matter if it was a common practice. If it's not holy, it's not healthy. And the Holy Spirit can bomb whatever's unholy inside of us. So the flesh is bombed, and then the tanks, for example, could be barriers that have been placed there by the enemy. See, sometimes if we take the wrong stuff in for long enough, the enemy actually gets a place in your mind and in your heart. You call that a stronghold. Everyone say stronghold. So a stronghold is something that gets inside of us that it actually sets itself up against the truth and person of Jesus Christ. You get what I mean? And so, so there are strongholds. So for example, let's take, let's take a, a drug addiction. Okay? Drug addiction is a stronghold. It is an addiction. It's mind, it's spirit, it's body that says, I have to have this even though I know this destroys me. But I still have to have it. But see, anything that hurts you is not of God. You see, Jesus came that we might have life and life to the full. That's why Jesus hates the things that bind you. Jesus hates the things that enslave us. He came so that we could be free and whom the sun sets free is free indeed. But sometimes it gets set up inside of us. Some people live in such deep and profound fear. Fear is not of God and fear can become a stronghold. You cannot be living the life that you're called to live because you just can't get past what you're thinking about. You just see the negative outcome and you see the worst thing happening and you're afraid and you're afraid and you're in shackles and you're in a prison. But God has not given us a spirit of fear. He's given us a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Hallelujah. And guess what the Holy Spirit can do? The Holy Spirit, could we put that slide back up? I'm so sorry. The Holy Spirit can bomb that tank. You understand? And, and what, what happens is, is we're saying power of God, power of God, Holy Spirit, change who I am. You know, let me, can I really poke at one? Like, I think that this is in every culture, but certainly in my culture, the culture of, one of the hardest things about becoming a Christian for me was the whole principle of family first. Uh-oh, now we're messing with stuff right there. My culture, nothing goes before family. And you never go against anyone in your family. No matter what they do, no matter what they say, you never go against family. It doesn't matter if it conflicts with the word of God. Family first. 
right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, you don't put religion over family. Family first. Okay, that's true. You don't put religion over family. But a relationship with Jesus is above everything because he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Why are you going to church so much? It's because it's Jesus first. Why have you changed your lifestyle? It's because it's Jesus first. And so, so there are all of these things that swirl around us. You know, uh, uh, could they send me a keyboard player? I'm going to make the next point in a second. Here's another one. This is, uh, I'm going to touch some hot buttons today. Okay? Okay. Mom first or wife first? I'll see you later, okay? You just think about that. Somebody's going to close. It's wife first. Wife goes first. You know? So for this reason, a man leaves his father and mother and he cleaves to his wife. Okay? My father used to say, everybody to their own corner. Everybody to their own corner. You wash your dishes however you want to wash your dishes. We're going to wash our dishes however, whenever, whenever we want to wash our dishes. Okay? Mom, don't come in and be bossing everybody around about what to do and when because this is her house. You, are, you guys are so afraid right now. There's a chicken spirit right in this house. Free him, Lord, free him. It's true. If everybody lived that way, if everybody lived that way, and we did it to honor God, let me tell you something. Our relationships would be better at home and together. You see? But there are things that the Holy Spirit has to work in us so that our lives will be different. It's things in the inner man. And part of why I'm bringing up some of these hot buttons is so that you could be aware that there are a lot of them. You see, and you have to think about, you have to be aware. The Christian is very open to the, not the suggestions of the enemy, but the suggestions of the Holy Spirit, the Word of God. When the Bible says something, you're like, yo, I need this. I need this. It, go, it applies to everything. Oh, come on. Why can't I just live with my boyfriend and, and uh, you know, and whatever? It's because God says that's not good for either one of you. And since you've been around here five minutes, and since he's been around here for all of eternity, I suggest you take his advice. Somebody say amen. God's word is true. Yeah, we're poking at all this stuff. But it's true. The truth is what sets us free. The truth is what sets us free. And so, there is this bombing of the flesh, of the enemy. One more, one more, and then I'll... I'll move on to the next point. So 
the sister who was leading in worship today, Nicole, her husband's name is Richie. I've played golf with him a couple of times. And um, I heard the other day, he's playing golf with Pastor Jake. You want to talk about bombing? This guy could hit the ball like seven miles. But so he hits the ball in the fairway and he was pushing his cart and he got into the fairway, you know, was real happy about the ball he hit. And there were these mounds on the floor and he thought that they were ant mounds and he rolls up on one of them. And uh, I got this second hand. I really wish I could have seen it, but he looks down and then he just starts running. You know, and when he starts running, he's like, what? He's like, ah, and just takes off. It was a giant hornet's nest on the floor, you know, and um, how many know there was some active power that just released him to run from that? Do you know the Bible says that we're supposed to flee from evil? Do you know that there's power available so that when you get to the devil, next to the devil's hornousness, you might be minding your business this week, but when that thing comes close, there can be power available so that you could just run. And what we need to do is run, the Bible says, flee from evil, run from that unholy thing. Run from that relationship. Delete that app. Whatever that thing is, swipe whatever. Delete those things that are not of God. Hallelujah. By the way, the best place to find your spouse is in the house of God. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Man, I got, I got like about 20 more examples if you want, but I'm just going to keep going. So that's the first work. There's power. I, I got to say one more and then we'll, I'm going to close fast. One more. So studies are starting to come out about the great resignation. Great resignation is that when COVID hit, people just left their jobs. Just Now they're talking about even CEOs are leaving their jobs. And CEOs have said, oh, I got this from an article. Okay, 70%... Uh, since the start of 2022, over 500 CEOs have left their jobs. 70% of executives are considering quitting due to their emotional well-being. 80% said improving their mental health is more important than their career. Yes, your mental health is more important than your career. But does it mean that you have to leave your job to be mentally healthy? How many know? There's a work of the Holy Spirit that has kept Christians all throughout history. Through the hardest times, through the most difficult times, through the most, the most horrendous times, there is a strength from the inside out. Now they're starting, 29% of the people who just randomly resigned are starting to voice their regrets because sometimes we run because we don't have inside of us what we need. Brothers and sisters, we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. He can keep us. He can strengthen us. He can empower us. Of course you're going to run if you don't have power from the Holy Spirit, but power is available. So that's the first thing. Then here's the second strength. His power works to settle Christ in our hearts. Okay? 
This means that Jesus literally makes uh, uh, your home his heart. Here's the way Warren Wiersbe put it. Warren Wiersbe said, of course, Christ does dwell in the heart of every true believer, but not every heart is a comfortable home for him. Okay? Not every heart is a comfortable home for Christ. This is different. Christ moves in, and how many know he wants to change some of the, the atmosphere? He wants to redecorate. He wants to redo things. Look, there was a thing that went, it went viral on um, Twitter. Somebody posted this on Twitter. Can we put that up? Hallelujah. This went viral. Guys really live in apartments like this and they don't see any issue. Ladies, I'm not going to ask you to say amen. Okay, here's another one. This is an NFL football player's apartment. And if you look up there, I mean, this is an expensive high rise. He's got the view of the beach. He's got everything. This is all I need. How many know it's different when a woman moves in? I was just... It's going on right now while I'm speaking. It's probably being said on the screen right now. So I remember when Josh and Susie were getting married, Pastor Josh, and um, I heard Susie talking to, to my wife and saying, Mom, he's got this flag on his, on his wall, and he's got all of these things. Like, all of it has to go! So Jake just got married, and I said, Jake, how'd it go with your stuff? And he said, here's the way it went. I would lift one thing out of the box, and Amanda would say, I think that would be great for your office. I think that would be great for your office. I think that would be great for your office. How many know a different person moves in everything changes. Maybe Jesus wants to change the pictures on the wall of your heart. Maybe he wants to change um, just kind of things that represent thoughts, memories, feelings. What if Jesus came in and he said, let me, let me be the new decorator? Anybody willing to have Jesus redecorate you from the inside out? Okay, here's some basic things that you can count on that when Jesus comes and makes his home, himself at home in your heart, here's some basic things that you can absolutely trust in. That we're having quite a day with the technology, aren't we? Okay. First of all, he'll change your worship. When Jesus is really at home in your heart, you worship him wherever you are. You see, part of the experience here is so that you could learn what to do when you go home. Your worship with God is everything. You see, to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords means that you worship him. Even if it feels strange, even if it feels weird, I want to encourage you, go home and, and have a personal, private worship service for Jesus. 
I'm telling you right now, when you start worshiping Jesus on your own, when you sing to him, when you lift your hands to him, when you get on your knees before him, your life will begin to change. You will experience the visiting presence of the power of God. Jesus is going to come and draw near to you. The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. Praise him. Worship him. From the most difficult times to the easiest times. Say, God, I give you glory. I give you honor. I give you praise. It's a game changer when we cross over and we worship him. Secondly, our contribution. What I mean by our contribution is the things that you focus on. When you want to make a difference, when Jesus moves in, you want to make a difference by advancing his kingdom. You want to make a difference by bringing glory to his name. Your life changes because you feel like my life is to bring him glory. How many know he wants to get the glory? He should. Anybody believe Jesus should get the glory from our lives? Hallelujah. That's why we serve. You see this brother right here? He's serving today. Okay? The band, they're serving today. People in the back, technology, they're all serving today because what they want is for you to have a fantastic experience. Can we put our hands together for everybody that's serving in the house today? Well, here's what I want to say to you. You should be serving sometime too. Worship one, serve one. All right, I got like three golf claps. <laughs> Hallelujah. I love me. Who do you love? I love everybody and I want to serve them. When Jesus moves in, you become a servant. And lastly, it impacts the way we experience pleasure. You know, when Jesus moves in, there are things that you used to do that you enjoy that all of a sudden you don't want to do. And you know what? That's because if you can't take Jesus there, you don't want to be there. Look, I remember I just got saved and a family member of mine was getting married. And so I said in advance, hey, I'm not going to the bachelor party. And I remember getting a phone call from one of my family members and them saying, what's wrong with you? You're crazy. This religion stuff has got you crazy. You know? How, how come you got to pull away from everything? I'm like, look, I don't want to go to a place where there's going to be a stripper. I just don't enjoy myself like that. I'm not into that. Okay? You do your thing. I'm going to do my thing. Okay? I love you. I'll take them to lunch. I'll take them to dinner. But no, I don't want to do that anymore because you know what? I don't need that. I'm good with Jesus. Guess what? There's nothing better than being good with Jesus. And if you can't take them there, can I tell you something? Just don't go there. Somebody say amen, please. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 